Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Then that was bass. Good evening, motherfuckers and motherfuckers. This is your host, Young Dolomite, for the Too Much Game podcast. Sitting here with the super producer, Ben Ready. Yes, sir. AKA the Pod Father. AKA Mr. AKA. Man, he's gonna go into all the AKAs. There's a lot of them motherfuckers. You only have 30 minutes left. Exactly, nigga. We'll be halfway through the fucking show still doing AKAs. Like the Bodega Boys podcast and shit. Them motherfuckers got a lot of AKAs. But anyway. How was your week or your two weeks being ready since, you know? Wonderful. That's a beautiful thing. A big turnaround. Yeah. I might, I might say. You know, it, it, was, it was a wreck, you know, a couple weeks ago, but, uh, yeah. We're scatting in the right direction. Scatting in the right direction. Scatting in the right direction. That's a beautiful thing. It costs to have good relationships out here. Relationships. Relationships. If you will. With the right people and the right shit will align itself with you. That's a, that's a lovely time. How about your week, bro? Um, or your, your two weeks? A lot of work. Lot work, of, work, work? Yeah, working, working and working. Then working some more. Get any, get any rest? A little bit. For the most part, outside of working, all I did was sleep. So... That was cool. A lot of rest, a lot of work. A lot of it's a new California law for truck drivers, and I'm not even gonna say a new law, but basically a policy that supposedly was already a law mm-hmm. that we haven't been following. That now we're gonna start being compliant. So it kind of put a little wrench in the way that we've been doing things. Because at my company, we've been—I ain't gonna say breaking the law, but it's like one of those. Like, let's just say there's an unwritten rule that you don't follow that. Now you got to start following that shit. Like, you know how, like, let's just say at work, um, when you come in, you got to sign a pink piece of paper that says something that you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And nobody at your job does it. Y'all niggas just, oh, fuck that piece of paper. And y'all start doing, you know, it's like one of them type of things where now the boss is like, hey, remember that pink piece of paper? Y'all got to fill that out now. Yeah, it got to be something because... Even though we we in different fields, like we have to sign some shit too now, and well, I've been there for four years. It's my fourth year or five, fifth year, whatever it was. We never had to sign no paperwork, you know. what I'm saying as far as like uh, I guess it had something to do with uh getting paid or whatever. Like we just clock in and get up out of there. Now we got to sign paper at the end of the end of the week. Yeah, like with us, it's not a piece of paper to sign. It's basically um, 
we got to start taking breaks now. Like in California, you're supposed to take like two 15 minute breaks mm-hmm. in the course of a 12 to 14 hour shift. We hadn't been doing that because, you know, like California labor law, you got to give a motherfucker a, a 15 minute break mm-hmm. between like every what, like in, in eight hours, like eight four hours. hour work day. You got to yeah. give a nigga like one unpaid 30 minute lunch and two 15 minute breaks mm-hmm. as truck drivers. We was like, nigga, what the fuck do I need a break for? I just need to get where the fuck I'm going. I'll take my my 30 minute break because um, United States D.O.T., that's a, a federal law that you got to follow. So, of course, we're going to follow federal law. But the state law, we like, nigga, what the fuck we need a break for? Right. So now our company is enforcing that law. So now we got to take 15-minute breaks. So it's making my work day longer. Because instead of me just rolling to where I'm going and coming the fuck back, I got to take these 15-minute breaks. And it's extending my day literally by 45 minutes to an hour. So being that my work days is getting longer, mm-hmm. I'm more tired than I would have been in the regular fucking work day. So that shit been whooping my ass. It's a it's an adjustment that I'm making, basically, you know, to say the least. What's up, Uncle Dennis? I always got to give my Uncle Dennis a shout out for for checking in. I gotta I gotta talk to you, Uncle Dennis. But uh, anyway, today's episode is entitled "Be Careful." Um. You know, shout out to Errol Spence, the what what's his weight class? Welterweight champion? Uh yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think uh Errol Spence Jr. is the welterweight uh champion in boxing. And he was just in a major car accident in a Ferrari. He had to be doing like 160. Cause in the video he was flipping. You yeah, seen the video? I seen the video. He was ejected from the car. Right. And he, it was a convertible or something. Huh? Yeah. And he just got that car. And the thing about Errol Spence, like something that made him such a fan favorite was he he's such a humble dude. Like, you know, not real flashy, not, you know, with the extra shit. He just do his job. He like a like a blue collar type of dude. Like that's the type of persona that he has, you know. So with this situation, it's kind of out of his character to do something like this because he's always been such a calculated person. Mm -hmm. But you know, me, the, the way that I look at situations, I always look at what's the lesson in the shit. And with this, it's kind of like just when you got so much going on, it's must is, I ain't going to say mistakes, but it's decisions that you got to think of a little more thoroughly when you making certain moves. Because, you know, with him in this car accident, he may never box again. Like, you know, we don't know yet because, you know, it's still such a fresh situation. But at the same time, it's like when you got a lot to lose, you got to really look at what you're doing. Just like with Paul Walker. Like, mm. you know, these, these car, these are race cars. These, these motherfuckers ain't even made to be in the street like that. Like, you ain't even supposed Where the fuck... You ain't supposed to be going that fast in no car on the street at no time. Like, and you know, you finna have a scat back. You know, I drive a Mercedes. These cars got V8s in them. Like, mm-hmm. my shit do 160. I'm sure your shit is very fast. Right. But at the same time, my car got a five-star crash safety rating. 
not that I'm like, oh, I'm going to do 160 because my shit got a five-star safety rating. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that Mercedes are road cars. Dodge Chargers, Dodge Challengers, these are road cars. Ferraris, Lamborghinis, and things of that nature, those are track cars. Those are race cars. Thanks. Those cars are made for the Autobahn. They're not made for American roads. So for dudes to be trying to do 160 and 180 and all that shit, like, man, you need to take that to the track. But you're a boxer, not a race car driver. Like, you know, and the the bigger picture in this whole situation that I looked at that really, like, like sat me down, like, damn, that's fucked up. Like, when you think about a person like Errol Spence, I'm sure that he got a lot of family depending on him. Like, when, when you have that type of money, that type of status, you you doing that well in life, I'm sure he might have been taking care of his mama, some siblings, younger family members, whether it be kids, little cousins, little brothers and shit like that. Like, you got a lot of people depending on you, you know. And this I just put in context of regular everyday people. Right. You know, like, I, I take the situation of a motherfucker who's up here and I try to make it relatable to everybody. Like me, I'm a truck driver. I'm, I'm responsible for my wife and my children. So it's shit that I can't do. Like, I can't smoke weed because I get drug tested at my job. I can't drink and drive because that'll literally cost me my career. So, mm-hmm. like, when I look at, like, boxers, you know, like him, you going very fast in this car. And mind you, you bought the car with legal money that you earned. So, yeah, you got every right to have that car. That car does upwards of 200 miles an hour. So, of course, when you see that number on the dashboard, a lot of niggas reach for that. Mm-hmm. M- me, myself, I ain't going to front. Nigga, I-, I maxed out the bins on the freeway before. Multiple times. I want to see if this motherfucker really do the 160. You know, so I'm sure you probably done been up in your shit and been like, the, the The fastest I've been is uh 135. 135, 134, one in there. Nigga, the highest speed limit in California is 70. So mm-hmm. that illustrates the point. Yep. Nigga, if, if you got a fast car, you going to see how fast that bitch go. Damn near double that bitch. And that's what I'm saying. And you at least going to reach your personal limit. Because every nigga not going to do the whole dash of his car. Some niggas, they hit 120 and be like, ooh. Nigga, that was me at 134th, 135. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think this motherfucker got some more, but I don't have any more. I hear you talking. (laughs) Yeah, nigga, exactly. Like, yeah, oh, you you do that, huh? Mm, I don't. I'm, I'm glad I've reached my limit. That's as fast as I go. You know, thank you. Right. So with a, with a situation like his, and he not a fucking race car driver. So for you to be going that fast in the car, it's like, dog. And this ain't me giving a nigga um, retroactive advice, because I hate when people do that. Like, I just had that happen to me at work. I had a log violation because I forgot the log out of my truck, and somebody else drove the truck, and it put drive time on my off-duty, so I got a log violation. And when I call uh, my central dispatch which is like our corporate office who handles all of our problems. He basically told me, ain't shit I could do. You shouldn't have, you shouldn't have did it. Wow. 
duh, motherfucker. Like, if, if I knew that then, I wouldn't have did it. Like, I hate when people give that type of advice. Like, a nigga punch you in the face and they say, you should have ducked. Thanks, Captain Obvious. Yeah, like, woof, nigga, duh. 2020 motherfucking hindsight. We all got that shit. Nigga, where the fuck was you at when the nigga swung on me? <laughs> you know, so I'm not finna say, oh, Errol Spence shouldn't have did 160 in the car. This show is telling niggas who are listening, don't do 160 in the fucking car. And more than don't do 160 in a car because it's almost common sense. It's logical to not do 160 miles an hour on a fucking highway where the speed limit is at the most. The highest speed limit in California is probably 80. So it's just logical for you to not do 160. The advice that I'm giving is look at what you have to lose before you make any risky decision. Whenever you're doing anything that involves risk, you should always look at what you have to lose when you're putting yourself in a risky situation. Every time I get in the car, the reason that I put on my seatbelt, the reason that I pay so much close attention when I'm driving while I don't be texting and driving, looking down and shit like this, is because I got a lot of motherfuckers depending on me. It's a lot of situations I don't put myself in. It's a lot of places I don't go. It's a lot of conflicts Mm. that I could escalate, that I de-escalate, because I got a lot of shit to lose. Mm -hmm. You know, like back in my younger days when a nigga was like 19 and 20, nigga, it's some shit you wasn't finna say to me. It was some shit you wasn't finna do to me that I wasn't finna react to violently. Like, it's some shit that I'm not, nigga, you not finna call me no five-letter word that start with a B, and I'm not gonna put these fucking hands on you. Like, no, nigga, that's all the way out. Like, it's not, a, it's a lot of shit that us as black people take as disrespectful that a lot of times not exactly. Like, I'll fight a nigga over a parking spot back in the day. Like, nigga, if I'm getting ready to pull in, I put my blinker on and the car pull out and you go zoom your stupid ass into the parking spot, I'm going to park my car behind your car. And we're going to have a motherfucking discussion before you get into whatever venue that we going into. What the fuck is you doing, my nigga? I want to see about that shit. But now that I'm older, it's a lot of situations that I de-escalate because I always think, what the fuck is my kids going to say when I'm calling them from jail telling them why I'm in here? You know, how the fuck am I going to explain this shit to my fucking kids? You know, and there's a lot of motherfuckers that don't got no kids. It's motherfuckers who just got them and they dog or whatever the fuck. You know, just having anything to lose. You know, and I tell motherfuckers all the time, like, I could tell how mature a motherfucker is. I could tell how much a motherfucker got going on in their life by how they react to disrespect or perceived disrespect. Mm-hmm. You know, like, when a nigga say something to you and you automatically turn the fuck up, oh, that nigga must be broke. That's broke nigga shit. Like, you know, you, you walk into the liquor store and I bump your shoulder on accident. I'm like, oh, my bad, homie. You like, no, nigga, you saw me coming. Oh, this nigga's broke. I could tell he broke. Because niggas who got shit going on, they don't even get too hype about certain shit. You know, it's just like when, when, I, when just transitioning out of the street life 
like a lot of my homies, like niggas who I fuck with still and niggas who I don't fuck with still. A lot of that is based on how they react to situations. You know, you got your homeboys. It's like, man, fuck that cub. We're going to let that shit slide. Nigga, get that nigga a pass. Okay, that's a nigga I could fuck with because that's maturity. But a nigga that can't let shit go? Nah. How to go? Yeah, nigga. I, I can't fuck with a nigga that ain't got nothing to lose. You know, and this is a part of the whole relationship shit. Like, you, you can't be fucking with niggas who gonna put your shit at risk because they ain't got shit. Right. Like, you can't be fucking with niggas who you got all this shit going on, but you fucking with this nigga who ain't got nothing going on, and he put you at risk of losing everything you got going on. Now, both of y'all fucked up because you fucking with a nigga who ain't got nothing to lose. Like, it's just not good for you. You know, and that's part of the last episode that I did when I was talking about. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply see website for details the voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner overstock's red tag sale is here and the hunt is on bring home all your cozy cold weather favorites at clearance prices deep discounts on winter's best sellers couldn't come at a better time warm up with hot deals on bedding and mattresses plus save big on storage and home improvement for a fresh start on a new year spot the red tag at overstock to make your dream home come true loyalty like a lot of times your loyalty is your biggest fucking hindrance because you loyal to motherfuckers who not even loyal to they fucking self like they don't even respect what the fuck they got going on enough to not put the whole shit at fucking risk and you being around a motherfucker that's willing to risk all his shit puts your shit at risk you know like it's like fucking with niggas who still carry illegal pistols around and shit like you in the car with a nigga and he ain't even got the the wherewithal to tell you hey homie i got the hammer on me you know now y'all niggas get cracked and this is a special type of bitch Mm. y'all niggas got cracked and he oh no oh man who pistol is it oh no now both y'all niggas like i don't know and you don't want to be a fucking snitch, so you don't snitch on him. Now both of y'all niggas go to jail for a pistol that clearly is his. And again, these this is why you got to be very mindful of the motherfuckers who you keep around you. Because a lot of these situations are presented by a nigga that you didn't know would even do some sucker shit like that. You know, I, I tell niggas that shit all the time. Niggas love to, oh, that's my day one. He would never do that. You know who says he would never do that a lot? Niggas who somebody did that to. <laughs> like, it's it's always he would never do that or I never thought he would do that. It's a lot of niggas in prison right now got snitched on by their brother. It's a lot of niggas in prison right now who got snitched on by their fucking one of their parents. It's a lot of niggas in prison right now been snitched on by a nigga who they literally been fucking with since before kindergarten. And they never thought that this nigga would snitch on them. You just never fucking know. So it's like when you putting yourself in these situations with certain people, 
you got to look at what you have on the line when you're dealing with certain motherfuckers. You got to look at what the fuck you putting on the line when you putting yourself in certain situations. It's just like athletes who still hang out in ratchet-ass clubs. Like, uh, remember Plaxico Buris? Mm-hmm. When he got caught in the club with the hammer? It's like, nigga, you a fucking millionaire, homie. Why right. the fuck are you even in a place where you need a gun? You couldn't find a, a nicer club to hang out at? Like, if you want to be around ratchet motherfuckers so bad, man, call a couple ratchet motherfuckers who you trust to come to your crib, and y'all could do hood rat stuff in an environment that you control. And the crazy part about that is people think, when you think like that, like, oh, this nigga just scary and shit. Like, nah, nigga, like, you can't go everywhere. Like, And like you said, you, you have way more to lose than the average person. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And I feel the same way. Like, and you know that maybe that helped, maybe the introvert shit helped me deal with that. Like, I don't have to go nowhere. I'm good. You know, or I'm not going, you won't see me at the, uh, the, uh, what's that shit? Savoy? What's the other one? Savoy and the other one. What's the other the GS. The GS. Yeah. Nah, I'm cool. Cause that's I, what I'm saying. Because it's always some shit going down there. Exactly. And that's what I tell niggas all the time. Like, nigga, it's, it's a lot of places that I won't go. And it's not because I'm afraid of conflict. It's because I'm afraid to lose my shit. Mm-hmm. I tell niggas, like, nigga, I ain't scared of no fucking body. But what I am scared of is losing my fucking kids and my wife. Like, I'm scared of losing my home. Like, nigga, I, I can't afford even a week in jail, my nigga. Like, nigga, my mortgage high. Nigga, my cost of living high, my nigga. I live in a, a, a pretty nice crib. Right. And I own that motherfucker. You know, and this is an episode that I'm going to have to do one day, like, down the line. Maybe when I have a guest who's more well-versed in the world of credit, real estate, and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. But if you still got to pay a note on something, you don't really own that shit. Nope. You know, I say I'm a homeowner because it sounds good. You know, I pay a mortgage on my home, but it don't belong to me till I pay it off. Shit. Even then, is it really yours? Because them fucking taxes, uh, property taxes. True. But again, you know, it's it's the, the illusion of ownership. Very but, true. You know, that's again, that's that's some that's a subject I want to tackle with somebody other, yeah. who's in that world who could really explain that more thoroughly than I can. But again, when it comes to that, I I'm in a situation where I have something that I own in the terms of, you know, the, the modern uh definition of owning something. Mm -hmm. If I miss three payments. I ain't a homeowner no fucking more. And I don't want that to happen. I don't want to, I don't want a situation like that to fucking present itself. So I move a certain way, you know, and it's a lot of people who I tell, like, even if you ain't got shit yet, it's a lot of situations that will never happen for you because of a bad decision that you made at a time when you didn't have that yet. It's a lot of shit you don't even know you're going to be in the position to get that you fucking up by mistakes that you're making today. Like when you look at comedians who get cut up because of some shit they said on Twitter 10 years ago. Like at the time they were saying that shit, they probably like Kevin Hart probably didn't even know he would be in the position to host the Oscars 
when he was making all those jokes about gay people and dark-skinned women and all that type of shit. Mm-hmm. Like, it's shit you're doing right now that's flagrant and goofy that you ain't even thinking five years down the line is going to fuck up something for you that was big beyond your wildest fucking dreams. Oh, yeah. You know, so like I tell motherfuckers, like I move a certain way because of shit like that. Like, it's shit that I've done in my past that I'm like, God damn, it would be very bad if that went public. It would be fucked up. And, you know, it's it's the the advantage that us as 80s babies have of being born just just in time for that social media shit not to be there when we was doing a lot of the stupid shit we did. Like, a lot of the stupid shit I did in my 20s, oh, man, it, it'd have been bad if niggas had social media and fucking camera phones all over the goddamn place. Oh, like, man. shit I've done at parties. A thousand niggas seen it. But luckily, none of them niggas had a camera phone to record it and upload it to the internet. So, nowadays, you gotta move a whole lot smarter. You know, back in the days, a nigga get to talking that shit in the party, Bam! Still on his motherfucking ass. Knock him the fuck out. And as long as you do it moving and don't nobody know your name, you pretty much got away with that shit. Mm. Nigga, nowadays, nigga, you'll knock a nigga out at a party and you'll be fired from your job before you pull up to that bitch. Oh, yeah. Hey, Byron. How are you? You seen that video. Oh, you were at a party last night, huh? At the at the GS lounge? <laughs> oh, yeah, in Inglewood, right there off the 405. Yeah, we saw you. You got a mean right hook, buddy. Now use that same hand. Uh, Sign your... this pink piece of paper right here and get your last <laughs> paycheck. There you go. Can't have guys like that working here at this company. We feel threatened. Exactly, nigga. Like, it's some shit you, you do in, in your mind. And, you know, a lot of times, sadly, it's a snap decision. And something that you do this motherfucking quick. Something that you think of that fucking quickly could fuck your whole life up. Only take a f- 15 seconds. Nigga, it's just like shit that you do to catch a fucking felony. Like something that you did in the heat of passion. Something that you did because somebody made you angry in a split second. Somebody said something to you that made you literally throw your whole fucking life away. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, when it comes to, like you said, niggas, niggas calling you a bitch plays a big fucking role. And this goes back to my episode about ego. Like, you don't want to look like a bitch, so you done stomped this nigga the fuck out. Now you in prison. Now your whole life fucked up because you didn't want a nigga to call you a five-letter fucking word. Like, you didn't want the perception that you scary. So now your whole shit fucked up. Because you ain't going to let niggas call you no bitch. Mm-hmm. Or because you a real nigga. Nigga, because you ain't the motherfucking one. Like, word, my nigga? Ain't worth it. Exactly. And, you know, I, I get it. Nigga, respect is very important when it comes to being a man. You know, later, at a later date, I'm going to do an episode about the importance of respect. But at the same time, there's a balance. You know, how important is the respect that you're going to get in this one situation as opposed to the the consequences of your actions for you to gain this respect that you're trying to protect? 
You know, because I'm all for respect, nigga. I'm all about respect. I tell niggas all the time, I don't I don't bang on geography no more. I bang on respect. Nigga, it's certain shit you not finna say to me to this fucking day. It's certain ways you not gonna come at me to this fucking day. But at the same time, I look at what's at risk when I react in the way that I react. Mm-hmm. You know, there were certain times that I would react violently to certain situations. Right. Instantly. You say that shit, and before you finish your fucking sentence, my nigga, I done hit you at least twice. But nowadays, I got to think when it comes to situations where I feel disrespected. Now, instead of hitting you violently, I got to hit you verbally. Nigga, I got to say something that's going to get you in that mode. Like, one of my favorite things to do nowadays, like this happened to me about probably about three Maybe four years ago at work. Mm-hmm. I was parked in a certain parking spot. You know, everybody know. I done said it 10,000 times. I'm a truck driver. Somebody, and it was sad because he worked at the same company as me. He get mad because I'm parked somewhere that's blocking his fucking trailer. So he hop out the truck with the extras. Motherfucker, you're in my fucking spot. whoop de whoop whoop Come at me all type of crazy. And, you know, 19, 20 probably up to like 22-year-old young Dolomite would have hopped out the truck and put hands and feet on him. Mm-hmm. Nigga, I'd have gave him everything I had to offer physically. But at the time, I got a wife. I got a, a baby daughter. I got a son and shit. I can't do that. So my reply simply rolled my window down and asked him, you want to fight? He was like, what? It's like, do you want to fight? Would you like to fight me? He was like, oh, you're you're in my spot. I'm like, I, I, that's beyond the point. Do you want to fight? You're talking to me like you want to fight me. Right. So do you want to fight me? No. Well, you should lower your voice. Because the way you're speaking is like you would like to fight. So I'm asking you politely, would you like to fight? Are you threatening me? Not a threat. So when HR come to me asking me about this little exchange we're having, I asked you a question. I didn't make no threat. I didn't make no statement. I didn't say, I beat your ass. Even though, if if it came to that, trust me, I would best you in a physical altercation. You would be horizontal and I would still be vertical. But I'm asking you a question. Would you like to fight? Because you're talking to me like that's that's what you came for. And I'm all for it if you want to fight. But if you don't want to fight, let's speak like re- respectable adults. Mm-hmm. Because I'm a respectful person and I deserve respect. I demand respect. You're going to talk to me like you have some respect. Or I'm just going to close this door. And you finna have to come at me to get this motherfucking trailer. So we can handle this shit easily. Oh, we can do this shit the hard way, but the choice is yours. And I handle shit like that 99% of the fucking time. If you're not literally threatening me with physical violence, like if I don't feel automatically threatened, I'm, I'm a thinking person. Because again, I got a lot to lose and I can't fucking throw that away because of some fucking words coming out of a motherfucker's mouth. You know, if it don't affect me, financially, physically, or my family, I don't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. 
Like, period. You know, if, if you're not stopping my bills from getting paid or you're not touching my wife and kids or you're not physically touching me, nigga, I be letting shit slide all the time. You know, it's like this is this is maturity. This is when you think about when you got some actual shit to lose. I tell niggas all the time, nigga, fighting in bars and clubs, that's broke nigga shit. And again, people be thinking I be saying shit on some like cocky shit, but it's not cocky. It's common sense. Facts. Like nigga, you you must be broke if you got into a fight. Fuck you fighting for my nigga. Like for what? What the fuck did you gain? What's the bottom line? Like a lot of times when I make decisions, I'm thinking, what am I gaining and what can I lose? You know, I always calculate the risk in any fucking situation. So what the what the fuck do I get out of this shit? Okay, I beat your ass. Now what? Now, if you press charges, I'm ass out. You got a black eye that's going to heal. I'm in jail. Ain't no telling what the fuck is going to be left when the fuck I get out. Mm-hmm. You know, so like a, a, a lot of situations that I approach, I always got to approach that shit like a thinker. Nigga, life is chess, not fucking checkers. Checkers is reactionary. Checkers is you move your piece right here. I move my piece right here. You do this. I do this. You do this. I do this. But in chess, it's like, okay, if I do this, he can do this, 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 or this. And the funny thing about checkers, nigga, as much as they use that analogy of chess and checkers, nigga, even in checkers, if you're not thinking ahead in a checker game, nigga, you could take a loss just on some moving all willy nilly. Mm-hmm. Just like in life, my nigga, when niggas just be moving through life like they don't give a fuck about nothing, that's how you take losses. Because you ain't thinking about the fucking outcome of the moves that you make. Every move you make in life could fuck your life up. You know, one wrong bounce of the ball and you could be ass out. One of my coworkers recently got into an accident and ended up taking somebody's life. That's it for him. That boy gonna do some time. Like- Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Overstock's Red Tag Sale is here and the hunt is on. Bring home all your cozy, cold weather favorites at clearance prices. Deep discounts on winter's best sellers couldn't come at a better time. Warm up with hot deals on bedding and mattresses. Plus, save big on storage and home improvement for a fresh start on a new year. Spot the red tag at Overstock to make your dream home come true. I, and again, it was that fucking fast. And at the, we don't know yet. We don't know whether or not he fell asleep. We don't know whether or not he was on his phone. But when you in my industry, everything you do is considered to be your fault because you a fucking professional. Mm-hmm. Just like in life. Again, I look at shit as a microcosm of other shit. When you are an adult, everything is on you. Like, you know, they say ignorance is not an excuse 
for commission of a crime. Whether or not you knew that shit was illegal, you did it. So you going to do time for that shit, even if you didn't know it was illegal. So it's shit that you do that in your head, you it, you ain't doing nothing wrong. But it could be perceived as the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got to be mindful of a lot of shit. A lot of the decisions you make in life could have fucked up consequences, whether or not your intentions was good or bad. You know, because you could be doing something that to you is protecting your family. Like, let's just say you walking through the mall and somebody call your girl a bitch. Of course, your instinct is to defend the honor of your girl. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm finna go whoop that nigga ass. But it's like, all right. You know, are, are you are you really defending her honor by whooping that nigga's ass? You go whoop that nigga ass in front of all these cameras in this mall and they detain you and you do a week in jail, even a week. Think about what could happen in your lifetime, even if you only just missed that one paycheck. Oh, yeah. Every dollar counts. Exactly, nigga. So it's like, nigga, it, it could have grave consequences. Just one fucked up decision, which again, you had the right intention. You was defending your girl. But the way you went about this shit, you could have went about that shit in a whole bunch of different ways. Like I tell niggas, you don't always got to, you know, play the quote unquote bitch role and walk away like, oh, ignoring baby. Nigga, call that nigga, nigga, fuck you, nigga, come do something. Now you're inviting him to the conflict, which... Yes, you are escalating it by inviting him verbally, but him as a grown-ass man, that's his choice whether or not he's going to engage you physically based on your verbal invitation. You know, just like with the situation at my job, when I asked the motherfucker, did he want to fight? Mm-hmm. That's not a fucking threat. You know, like I said, nigga, at, at least if anything, even if they fired me for asking him if he wanted to fight, my intention was not to fight him. My intention was to put all the cards on his side of the table. I gave him the choice. So he was the one who wanted to fight. All I did was ask him. I didn't tell that nigga I wanted to fight. I asked him, did he want to fight? And, you know, in a lot of these situations, and I know it's difficult, but I always tell niggas, remain calm. You know, again, Previous episode, be cool. I always remain calm because when it comes to, to situations of conflict, the calm motherfucker always wins. Just like in the argument, I tell niggas, whoever yelling, losing. Mm-hmm. So in a situation where a motherfucker trying to egg you on, because a lot of times, man, and you know, I, 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 I talk about this shit often. It's motherfuckers who really get off on getting you out of your character. Motherfuckers hate to see you be cool. Motherfuckers love to knock the smile off your face. So sometimes a motherfucker just see you chilling. You minding your fucking business, just enjoying your day, eating your fucking cheeseburger, nigga, just happy. And somebody got to come fuck that up because they ain't shit. Because they day fucked up. Because they life fucked up. So they don't want to see you happy. So they come with the bullshit. Mm-hmm. And, nigga, the best way to combat that shit is to stay cool. Somebody come calling you out your name and saying dumb shit. Word. 
Like, that'd be my favorite fucking response. Hey, bitch-ass nigga. Who you talking to? I'm talking to you. Ain't no bitches over here, homie. And I keep it smooth with niggas. Like, you know. But again, like I tell niggas, I'll stand up. Whether or not you take that as threatening, you know. What I would tell the police is, nigga, I stood up to, you know, to defend myself because I felt threatened. Right. I'm not finna give you a chance to swing on me while I'm sitting down. So yeah, I stood up, but I wasn't aggressive at all. I wasn't loud at all. Mm. A lot of times, nigga, I'd be happy that it be witnesses. Y'all niggas saw me stand up cool. So when that nigga got the wolf and all that bullshit, nigga, I stood up calmly. And I asked him, Do you want to fight? And I leave it at that. You don't want to fight. The fuck is you doing here? Step the fuck off. And I'm never aggressive because, again, I got a lot to lose. You know, like I tell Will about my bag and shit, you know. I got to watch my back because I'm not just anybody. Shout out to Aaliyah. Hmm. Like, nigga, I I got a lot to lose out here, so I move a certain way, you know. That's usually, and uh, I had a conversation with somebody recently, like, like, you see how people move. And what they what they into it tell you a lot about them. Yeah. You know, if you, you know, they they certain things, particular things of how they carry themselves. Like you know, what I'm saying like niggas that niggas that wear the, the the wrong color in the wrong neighborhood on purpose. Yeah, you know, gang like gang situations. To yeah. me, I feel like gang bang niggas don't have nothing to lose. Like if you if you still if you of a certain age. And you still out there doing that, you don't have nothing to live for. Yeah, and like I tell niggas all the time, like about rappers who brag about still being in the hood. That's <laughs> like a free slave that still hang out on plantations. Right. Like, nigga, you, you got free of the bullshit. But for what, some street cred, you still want to hang out? Like, nigga, I, I still hang with my homies who, you know, I, I did things that I shouldn't have did with. Because we was raised together. And nigga, even like, I've been pulled over in a gang territory. You know, the the neighborhood that I'm from. Mm-hmm. And every time I get pulled over, I tell them, nigga, my grandma live around the corner. My dad live over here. Like, I'm I'm just here with friends. I'm That don't make me a part of the fucking gang because I'm with them. I'm just with them. I ain't doing no gang activities. I'm literally just chilling. I just happen to be here. Right. And I leave it like that. But even with shit like that, I don't put myself in situations where, say, like I tell niggas all the time, when y'all niggas be out here frontlining, what the fuck are y'all hanging out? You waiting to get shot? Why y'all motherfuckers don't go kicking somewhere where niggas don't be shooting at? Exactly. Like, over here, since since we've been here, there's been, I want to say between... Three to five people got killed in the same spot. But that's what I'm saying, though. Like, you know niggas be over here. This spot is marked. You know it. You know what this is. Yeah, like, what are you proving by hanging out here? Shit, ain't no nigga gonna run me on my hood, nigga. It's my hood. Shit. (laughs) Shit. And again, nigga, like, you not gonna run me out my hood. That's true. But nigga, you gonna run me somewhere where I'm not finna be on the corner where niggas get shot at. Let me kick it on this corner across the street. Let's try that area. Let's try under this little canopy right here. 
let's try a place where there's cover. Like, I don't hang out with my back to the street. Mm -mm. Again, I'm when I'm in the hood, because I'm not telling y'all niggas like, oh, I'll never be in my hood. Fuck that shit. I'm too good for that shit. Hell no, nigga. I still be on the block, nigga. I be on the turf with the homies like a motherfucker. But at the same time, you know, I always was a person that believed in even when you're doing something stupid, be smart about it. So if I'm in my area where I know that violence is a possibility, I don't be having my back to the street, you know. I'm not going to fucking incriminate myself in no way. Right. But I'm always protecting myself. Like, it's just certain ways you got to move. Because, again, nigga, I'm not just anybody. You know, if you watch hood movies all the time, it's always the cool nigga to get killed. And I'm a cool motherfucker. So I ain't the one. You know, they always kill the cool nigga who ain't doing nothing. They always kill the nigga who ain't gangbanging no more. Look how they did Sharif. Man, nigga, look how they did Ricky. Look how they did Kane. This nigga was trying to move to Atlanta. Like, it's always the nigga that's trying to get out the life and mind his business and be on his positive shit, and he getting knocked down. I'm a positive nigga. I'm a cool motherfucker, man. And another thing, like I always tell niggas, it's always the nigga with no gun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> always. Shit. Nigga, you know, won't be me. <laughs> no. I ain't saying shit. I'm just saying, nigga, you know, it won't be me. It won't and it can't. Exactly, nigga. You know, that rule don't apply to me. But anyway, you know, when, when you when you putting yourself in these type of situations, and again, like I said with Plaxico Beerus, you shouldn't be putting yourself in situations you need a gun to be in. Like me, I'm just the type of person that protects myself. Like, I, I, I preach this to the whole black community. Nigga, if you can legally own a firearm, go get one. Not that you want to be a gangster or a gangbanger or you think that it's dangerous out here, but at the same time, it's your fucking um, Second Amendment fucking right. It's in the Constitution. You have the right to bear arms. So why not protect yourself? Yes, it's, it's a very small chance that you might come into a situation where you might need a firearm. But, nigga, I'm from the hood. I'd rather get caught with it than caught without it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. This is just shit that niggas say in the fucking street. But this is life-changing motherfucking advice. Nigga, this is the motherfucking keys. Nigga, you do not want to be somewhere in a situation where, let's just say, you and your wife in the bed and y'all hear a bump in the night. Y'all upstairs and you hear your door click or some glass break downstairs. You don't want to run down the stairs with a baseball bat. What if it's two niggas? Like, even if they got baseball bats too, nigga, you at a fucking disadvantage. Yeah. Like, nigga, you got to have something to protect your fucking household. You have a lot at risk just being in your fucking house. You might have Amber Geiger drunk ass coming in your house after a 13-hour shift. You in your house chilling, minding your goddamn business, and here come Amber fucking Geiger. Mm. Like, you know, nigga, you got to move a certain way. You know? Why the fuck would you not arm yourself? Why wouldn't you fucking protect yourself? You know, like, 
In Errol Spence's case, what do they say before every boxing match? Take, uh, take Protect so yourself all at all times. This just, you know, logic. I can't say common sense because common sense ain't common. But this is logic. Mm-hmm. You should always protect yourself in any fucking situation. When you have something to lose, you have to protect it. That's the reason that the United States has an army. We have a lot of shit that people want to take. So we have to have a military. This is any motherfucker on earth who got anything that they can lose. Protect that shit. Not even with a gun. Just being fucking a logical thinker. Because you ain't got to be in a conflict situation to lose your shit. You know, like, you don't want to be in a fucking position where you do something that puts all your shit at risk. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, driving drunk. Like, nigga, especially nowadays. Like, now it's, it's fucking stupid to catch a DUI. You could catch a fucking Uber. It's a thousand ways you can get out of a fucking DUI right now. Like, if you get drunk at a party, spend a night. If you get drunk at a party, no matter how bad you want to get home, have somebody come get you. Take your car keys with you so nobody take your car. It's it's a lot of ways that a lot of bad decisions that get often made could be reversed. But, you know, it's it's, it's times where people don't always have their fucking thinking caps on. But when you got a lot to lose... You can't afford to be walking around lacking. You know, it's just like in the hood. Like, nigga, you don't want to get caught slipping. You don't want to get caught with your back to the street. You don't want to get caught without that thing on you. Because that shit could cost you your life. It's just like when you, you know, just being a a normal law-abiding citizen. You know, you at a party. You have three or four cocktails. You a little woozy, but you live around the corner. It ain't far. You know, this is how you justify your own bullshit. Because I had a homeboy lose his fucking career in this same type of situation. He was at a party, got a little tipsy, but he didn't live far. This nigga got cracked for a fucking DUI. Lost all his shit. Car repo, apartment gone. Nigga, whole shit fucked up. Ground zero. Nigga, because he won... Literally, maybe a five-minute drive, if that. If he caught all the stop signs, it would have caught. It took him five minutes. But, nigga, all it take is one little split decision. One bounce of the ball in the wrong direction. Your whole shit could be fucked up. Because, oh, man, I'll be all right. Oh, man, this ain't nothing. Nigga, you be fucking surprised how wrong shit could go. Just like for Errol Spence. To him, he was just having fun driving this new Ferrari. That nigga just bought that car. He ain't had that car long. He just got it. And again, this motherfucker do how much? 205? I know I could at least get that motherfucker to like 150, 160. That's how fast he was going? He was going fast as fuck. If you watch the video, nigga, the car flipped like seven times. And that's just in the part of the video that you see. So that nigga was doing a three-digit number. If that nigga was doing a hundred, he was fucking up. Whatever he was doing for that car to go tumbling like that. Yeah. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Overstock's red tag sale is here and the hunt is on. Bring home all your cozy, cold weather favorites at clearance prices. Deep discounts on winter's best sellers couldn't come at a better time. Warm up with hot deals on bedding and mattresses. Plus, save big on storage and home improvement for a fresh start on a new year. Spot the red tag at Overstock to make your dream home come true. He wasn't doing 65. I know that shit. Did, did it say he, he was by himself? Oh, he had a passenger? Shit, he got ejected from the car. I ain't hear nobody else's name. Mm. But even with a situation like Kevin Hart, somebody else supposedly was driving that car he was in. And again, nigga, like, you got to be mindful of the motherfuckers you're around. You got to be mindful of how they move. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you, you got to think like that, my nigga. Like, you really got to be like... What type of motherfucker is this that I'm fucking with? And yeah, you can't always predict the movements of other people, just like when you're playing chess. You can't always predict the movements of the motherfucker you're playing against. You can only predict the variables. Right. But again, when you in situations just in life in general, nigga, you should be trying to be smart about anything that you're doing. Because as much of variables as you can cover as many of your bases as you can cover you should at least cover them motherfuckers so even in the event that murphy's law presents itself you could at least have the the peace of mind of being able to say well look nigga i did everything i could you know shit's fucked up but look i i took all of these precautions because as many precautions as you take shit could still go fucked up but at the same time you would rather look like a fool in the name of safety then look like a fucking jackass because you wasn't tripping. Right. You know, especially in situations where it goes super fucked up because motherfuckers love to call your ass stupid. Bless you. When you made the same type of mistake, everybody makes like, nigga, you ever see like a rapper get caught on a DUI or, you know, like something happened, a nigga fall off a ladder and you be like this stupid motherfucker. Yeah. And you you be the same nigga that did that same shit yesterday. It's shit that, like, truck drivers will do. And us as other truck drivers, this stupid motherfucker, I can't believe he did that shit. And you be doing the exact same shit. Like, nigga, you done been driving and you forgot the last 10 minutes of driving. You ever, like, miss your ex and be like, God damn, I was in autopilot. Mm -hmm. in life a lot of times we go in autopilot you know people make mistakes you know every people ain't always conscious of the decisions that they make mm -hmm. we all fuck up but basically what i'm saying is keep that shit to a fucking minimum especially when it comes to situations that can escalate into something fucking terrible because a lot of situations could be avoided if you just stay conscious of certain shit you know, it's, it's a lot of times where just like with, say, a drunk driving situation or a conflict situation, you know, even like when it comes to work, like 
you see motherfucking situations where people get fired because they talk to their boss flossy. Mm-hmm. You know, your boss said something to you and you took that shit a place that it could have not went that far. Oh, yeah, that happened recently. Well, the end of last year at, at the job. And that was it. Got cut. And, you know, uh, shit, shit's been different mm-hmm. for, for that per- individual. Yeah. It, it, uh, when keeping it real goes wrong. Exactly. And I tell niggas that shit all the time. Nigga, like, I've had situations where my boss said something I didn't like. But, again, I pride myself on mouthpiece. Like, I'm... I'm I'm very proud of the gift of gab that I was blessed with. Like I'm the type of motherfucker that's real good at like um I think it was Winston Churchill that said tact is being able to tell somebody to go to hell and have them look forward to the trip. <laughs> like I'm real good at telling the motherfucker to go fuck themselves in a way that won't get me fired. Right. Like, I got a homeboy in here in the live right now, Ryan Noon. Like, he could attest to this. Like, I used to be real good at talking to my supervisor real funky without getting fired. And a lot of that was part of, um, basically, I always did my job. Like, I always believe in being able to be well-rounded in any position to the point where you're not exactly replaceable easily. You know, I I, I preach this a lot. Like, you know, work as hard as you can in any position to make yourself as valuable as you can be. I think I talked about that shit in, like, the leverage episode. Mm -hmm. You know, like, at my job, I was able to do everything around the motherfucking building. So you're not finna fire me, and now you need a motherfucker to run this machine. But you also need a motherfucker who can run that machine. And a person who's good with these people. And the motherfucker who's cool with everybody in the fucking building. Bitch, you fire me, this whole motherfucking place would be different. Know your worth. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, you know, if I, I could say a little bit more to her than other people, because at the end of the day, if she got rid of me, it'd be way worse than if she was to get rid of them motherfuckers. You know, so I could get away with a little more. But at the same time, it ain't like I'm just finna be like, fuck you, bitch, shut the fuck up. Like, no, she say some flossy shit to me back. I just say some tactful shit. You know, like, she like, oh, you know, I see you guys ain't working. I'm like, you know, it's a leadership situation. You know, if supervisors was doing what they were supposed to do, you know, bullshit rolls downhill. <laughs> you know, I ain't come at her no type of funky, but at the same time, yeah, bitch, you said some slick shit. I said some slick shit, but I didn't say some fire me slick shit. I just said some slick shit to let you know, bitch, I'm not the fucking one. You know, a lot of times you got to match wits with wits. Niggas be wanting to match wits with the shit. And that's not always the the, the way to go about shit. You know, you got to fucking, you got to talk to motherfuckers a certain way. You got to move a certain way. Like, you got to, you got to fucking chill out, my nigga. Because, you know, a lot of times keeping it real goes a lot. Like, keeping it real goes wrong more than it goes right. Oh, yeah. In the, in the sense that people say keep it real, motherfuckers like to keep it real in a um, a primitive sense, a, a physical sense. Like, oh, I keep it real, I knock your ass out. I keep it real, I beat your ass. Keep it real with your fucking family. Like, keep it real with the motherfuckers 
who you taking care of. Keep it real with your fucking self. Like, is it really worth going to prison and losing everything that you've gained, everything that you stand to gain from not putting yourself in a fucked up position for temporary fucking respect from a motherfucker who don't even mean shit? Because a lot of times, you know, motherfuckers wilding out for respect. And it's like, nigga, respect from fucking who? I want respect from a nigga I ain't never going to see again. Like, nigga, you got into it with a nigga in a parking lot or a gas station or at a fucking movie theater or at the mall or at a party. You probably never see this nigga again. Mm -hmm. So you swung on him for his respect? Who the fuck is he? Nigga, who the fuck are you for me to throw all this shit away to steal on your bitch ass when I could have just played that shit fly said some bullshit to you and kept that shit pushing. A lot of people have died because of that. I, I seen a video. Uh, it was these, it was a dude and it was, he was with like two other homies and another dude walk, was walking past him. He bumped into him and it wasn't no, it wasn't no sound, but the, the dude who got bumped into, he, uh, he turned around and was woofing off and he just fired on him. Bah! Nigga pulled the strap out. Top, top. Exactly, because the thing is, it's like this. You can choose what you do. You can't choose how niggas react. I say that all the time. That's that's key. You can never be over somebody else's reaction. Exactly. Nigga, you could literally push a nigga, and he can dump you out. Yep. Like, you don't know what niggas is going through. Nope. You don't know what, what, what type of niggas you dealing with. Don't slap somebody and expect to get slapped back. Exactly. Expect a, a you cold slap a nigga, fist. man. Nigga, me and my cousin talk about that shit. Out, nigga, pistol with me. I'm busting. Yeah, that's ultimate disrespect. Exactly, my nigga. Like, uh, it's like one of the principles in kung fu. Like, like the the, the principle of victory in kung fu is, if, if you cut me, I gotta break a bone. If you break one of my bones, I gotta kill you. It's some shit like that. Like, you have to go above them in order for it to be considered a fucking victory. You know, but again, nigga, life ain't fucking kung fu. You know, to me, I look at the 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 winner of any situation as the nigga who left with everything he walked up with. Whether you gain some or not. Nigga, if I go home, I won. I felt like it was a victorious day if I walked home alive. If I went home vertical and not horizontal. I didn't get killed today. Just like motherfuckers say Every day above ground is a good day. Every day that I spent out of prison is a good day. Hello. So are you going to risk death or jail behind a motherfucking argument? You know, you're going to risk death or jail behind being a little tipsy and just trying to get home. You know, it's a, it's a lot of decisions that you make in your regular 24-hour day that can have fucked up consequences if you make the wrong decision. You know, so you just got to be conscious of a lot of the situations that you go into. You got to weigh the pros and the cons of everything you do. You got to look at the the risk involved as um, as opposed to the reward. You know, what am I gaining here? What am I losing here? When a nigga say some slick shit to you, what am I going to get from fucking you up? You know, I always think about that shit. Just like with, with, a, with my, my, my supervisor, we would have conflict often 
you know, but like my coworker or my old coworker since she respected me. Yeah, she respected my intellect because she, this lady was shady. And I'm not saying shady in the sense of scandalous, but she was a shade thrower. Mm. She was one of the motherfuckers that was real good at saying some shit that would get under your fucking skin. And a lot of people whose mind ain't there, you know, when you hear a motherfucker say some sly shit to you, people's automatic reaction is to pop off. Bitch, fuck you. You know, because, you know, like a lot of my coworkers at the job, I have to be like, chill, like, no, don't get fired because she said some slick shit to you. Like, you know, unless you got another job lined up, relax. Relax. That, that's what she do. Now, if you got some cool shit to say back, by all means. But again. You ain't got no backup plan? Exactly. Nigga, you got you to gotta realize what your value is before you start talking that slick shit. Because you might put yourself in a position like a couple of our coworkers, because he could attest to that. Nigga, she'll get you the fuck up out of here. She done fire niggas for that slick shit. Oh, okay. Let's go up in this motherfucking office and we can get this last paycheck. You know, since since I'm a bitch and everything. You know, since I got a mustache and all that good shit. You know, because she was good when you you going back and forth intellectually. But what she didn't play was personal disrespect. You're not finna, you know, again, you could you could choose what you say, but you can't choose the reaction. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, like I told niggas, it was sometimes when me and her have an exchange. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, I hope this ain't the shit to get me fired. But at the same time, you know, again, we're going to talk about this shit later on another episode. When it come to disrespect, nigga, you got you to gotta name your price. You know, it's sometimes where you might have to react a certain way that's going to put you at risk. But again, you got to think, is this one worth prison? Because sometimes it is. If a nigga slap your wife in the face, you know, a, a, a nigga push your mama down a flight of steps, might it might be worth that shit. Oh, yeah. You know, but again, nigga, certain shit, a motherfucker calling you a name or saying some shit to you, it ain't worth that. You know, so just in closing to wrap all this shit up, man, just be mindful and conscious of how you moving around in the world because the wrong decisions can have grave consequences. And when you got a, you know, you got a lot to lose in life, you got to be even more careful than that. You know, put your fucking seatbelt on, man. You know, like, a lot of people got kids, a spouse, a house note, a car note, family members that they taking care of. You got a lot of motherfuckers depending on you. Even if you ain't got kids and a spouse, you got parents that love you. You got a lot of people in the world who would be fucked up if something were to happen to you. So don't put yourself in a position that it's your fucking fault. You know, you always got to be mindful in situations when you're making these decisions because you affect more than you when you make the wrong decisions in life. And I'm going to drop the mic on that shit. This has been your host, Young Dolomite, for the Too Much Game podcast. Sitting here with the super producer, Ben Ready. Yes, sir. If you would like to support us financially, it's patreon.com slash townhouse media. Town E House Media. Uh, shout out to the sponsors, Warren Gold Clothing at Warren Gold Co. Uh, 
Wongo closing on Instagram. Uh, shout out to all the Townhouse Media Podcasts. Seriously, none of the podcast Friday nights at 9 p.m. Yes, sir. You know, give or take. <laughs> uh, shout out to the No Rules Podcast. Wednesday, Wednesday evenings at 5 p.m. Uh, cap, yeah, around there. Five-ish. <laughs> somewhat, you know. The Cat vs. Dog Podcast. Sundays, three-ish. Closer to 3.30 for the most part, because we always lay <laughs> on that shit. And the Too Much Game Podcast. Who's also on CP time, Crip Podcast time. <laughs> Supposed to be five, but for the most part, after that. You know, um, <laughs> shit, uh, I think that's about it for the shout outs and things of that nature. So, you know, y'all already know. I ain't here to help you get bitches. I'm here to help you get better. Too much game. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.